Welcome to the Stoll Community of Faith podcast. The Stoll Community of Faith Church is located where we like to say Topeka and Lawrence meet at 1596 East 250 Road. Our new pastor, Kyle Scheidemann, will begin on January 1, 2023. Our guest speaker this Sunday is Wayne Castle, retired United Methodist pastor and has previously served our church family. I wasn't going to share this story, but our singing of hymns this morning reminded me of my first Sunday serving the church when I was 19. I graduated from high school in 1952, and that fall started as a student at Baker University. My girlfriend, Jean, we'd been dating all through high school. She went to Emporia to college, and I to Baker. But fortunately, I had an aunt and uncle who lived in Emporia, and they said, I've got a, we've got a spare bedroom, so anytime you want to come, you're welcome to come and stay. So then I heard that the district superintendent of what was called the Emporia District was on campus looking for a pastor for a little church named Opie, just south of Emporia. So I looked him up, introduced myself, and I said, I might be interested in serving that church in Opie. And he said, oh good, you're hard. <laughs> no interview, no instructions, no one telling me how I ought to do worship, just how to get to the church and what time the services were. So I had a plan in mind. I was so excited. I could fulfill two things at one time. I could go see my girlfriend. I could serve a church. So I went on Saturday, make, having made arrangements already to stay in my aunt and uncles, and, uh, but I hadn't called my girlfriend. So I stopped by her door on Saturday night, rang the doorbell and waited for a while, and Someone came and I asked for Jeannie and they got her and she came and said, what you doing here? I said, I came to see you. And she said, I never want to see you again. <laughs> How does that make one feel? On the night in which I'm preparing a sermon to serve a church on the next day, well, I was pretty broken-hearted. I felt too adult to cry, plus there was no one to see me cry. And so I went to my aunt and uncle, uncles and stayed the night and drove a little early down to Opie to find my way. I found the church, and in those days, churches were not locked. So I went in and waited for someone to show up, and after a while, they did. And I said, who plays the piano? And the answer was, we don't have anybody who can play. And I thought, how in the world can you do worship without somebody to lead us? 
And so, you know, again, just a college student not knowing any better than when not to say things. And so I said, as the service began, if we don't have anybody to play, can somebody learn? <laughs> and do you know what? Much to my amazement, a lady after church came up to me and she said, I'll go talk, 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 start taking lessons this week. She did. And the next Sunday, we had someone who could play with one hand. And that lady played for the next 30 years at that church. Amazing, isn't it? Do you ever feel insignificant? Do you believe that bigger is better than small? I, I, I was never an athlete. I'm not well coordinated. Although my wife wants to disagree with that, I can't dance, much to her unhappiness. But I can crawl up the scaffold and work on top. I, heights don't bother me at all. And so, you know, I'm coordinated enough to do some work, although the other day, yes, uh, the day before yesterday, I was putting a uh, car lift up. You know what that is? It's a, uh, a device that will lift a car, and it has to be fastened to a concrete floor, and so you use a hammer drill, and you drill a hole, and then you put this inch, uh, bolt down into it that has a little thing that you drive down in, and you have to hit it really hard. Well, I ended up hitting my knuckle. <laughs> And I, and I thought, well, there's another way to do this, so I just got a pair of pliers and held the thing, thing and gave myself a chance to make a mistake and not hurt myself. I've had a problem all my life with feeling important. Do you share that? I know there are some people who, who always feel like they're confident and able to do whatever task that comes before them. I'd like to share a scripture. Um, I've got it here on my phone. And, uh, this is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning with verse 2. To the church of God in Corinth, to those sacrificed in Jesus Christ and called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who are called in the name of our Lord Jesus, their Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. I always give thanks to my God because of you and the grace given to you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge, God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you are eagerly waiting for the Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you'll be blameless on the day of the Lord our Jesus Christ. God is faithful who has called you 
into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ. I got started in the wrong place. <clears throat> For since in the wisdom of God, the world through His the world through its wisdom did not know him. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who were who believe. Do you believe that preachers preach foolishness? Sometimes we do. And sometimes what we say doesn't mean much and is not probably paid not much attention to. But we preach Christ who is crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God, the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Let's think about that for a moment. I... Uh, I'm a fan of Richard Paul Evans. If you can remember when I was here before, I, I was reading a series of books called The Walk. Well, I just finished last night reading his most recent book, which is called Christmas Memories. And um, it's a rather short book, but contains a very important story because it's a story about the author and his growing up. Let me share you a little bit of the story because I think it will help illuminate the scripture that I just read. Ricky, as he was called as a kid, was eight years old when his father was drafted into the service and went to Vietnam. He made a promise to his parents and to his brother. I'll be back for Christmas. And off he went into service. Ricky missed his brother Mark. They were the best of friends, although their age was somewhat different. His parents had a rather contentious relationship. You couldn't call it close. But they missed their son and went off to service. The father worked long hours, and one day, Ricky was playing in the yard when a couple of men dressed in military uniform pulled up in front of their house. Ricky went to see what he wanted. And they said, we need to talk to your father. Well, he's at work. And your mother. And he said, I'll get her. Went in the house and told the mother that there are two men who want to talk to you. How they dressed. Military uniform. And she began to cry. She met them at the door. And they said, we have sad news for you. And she began 
into screaming at him as she cried, get out of my house. She knew the word they had for her. Maybe some of you have had that experience. It makes you feel terrible. For the love of your life is gone. He came home for Christmas, but he came home in blocks. The parents began to disagree on things, and they were unhappy with each other, and the father, after a week or two, said, I think I'm going to have an apartment somewhere else. I just can't stand to be here in this house. And he left. And Ricky was there with his mother, who began to have constant migraine headaches. Incidentally, this story is true. And finally, Ricky, who um, was there just with his mother, and they lived in California, and uh, because the father was not helping, they began to have financial problems and very soon lost their house. But then something else happened. There was her mother, who lived in Salt Lake City, Utah, and she had died and had given the house to the daughter. But her mother had been through a long time of illness and had not lived in the house for some time. And it was in very bad repair, but they moved there to Salt Lake. And Ricky didn't even start school. And when he did go to school, people began to make fun of him because he had a disease that's called Tourette's Syndrome. He began to, to, to yell or to scream or to act out or to you have involuntary body movements and that's what's called Tourette's. And when you have, when you're in grade school and you have Tourette's, what do people do? They make fun of you. You bully. Even one day, somebody said, you want to fight? And Ricky said, no, I don't want to fight. Well, we do. And they beat him up. Well, it just happened to be that as Ricky went home that day, he had never met the next door neighbor. But the next door neighbor, who was a black man, rather old, and lived in his house next door by himself. But he had a dog. And Ricky was fascinated with that dog. And began to make friends with the dog. And anyway, as he came home, he had a black eye. And Mr. Fisher, the neighbor, said, what happened to you? He said, somebody hit me. And Mr. Fisher, who had never before spoken to him, said, why don't you come in? And let's talk. And they became friends. 
story to an ending part. One day, while Ricky was in school, in fact, as he started home from school, when he heard sirens, and when he got to his house, the siren, the ambulance was in front of his house. And when he went in, he found that his mother had tried to take her own life. And then, as Ricky's trying to deal with his mother who had tried to suicide, thank goodness, unsuccessful. And Ricky was talking to Mr. Fisher. And Mr. Fisher said, let me see if I can help you understand what's going on in your family. Ricky had said, my father hates me. I can't do enough to help my mother. And Mr. Fisher said, let me tell you something about my he said, I used to have a son. And it's years ago when he was a little boy and we were out working in the garden and my son came and said, I want to play hide and seek. And Mr. Fisher said, you go hide and we'll find you in a little bit. Well, a little bit turned into quite a while. And his wife said, I think we better go find our son. They looked, and they looked, and they looked. And they opened up the refrigerator door. And there was a son. Died of suffocation. He said, my wife was very angry. And she moved out. And then, we don't know really why, she was killed in a car accident. And now it's just making the dog named Boy. And he said, you know what I have discovered? Is that when something goes wrong in life, and you're angry really at yourself, you seem to take it out on others. When the problem really is within yourself, not with the other one. Now the thing that I find that the scriptures teach us is that there is a God who loves us, each and every one, unconditionally. God doesn't care what we have done in the past, it's only what we do now. Does God forgive us? If we want to be forgiven, that's always the stickler. Forgiveness is God's gracious gift to all of us. God does not care what we have done. Are we open to receive?
receiving the gift of unconditional love. Except us. I can invite you to our house for a lovely meal that my wife has prepared, and, and you can sit there, and if you, it's your choice if you eat or not. I cannot make you eat. You have to receive the gift. And what Christmas is all about is the gift of God's unconditional love. <coughs> What we cannot do for ourselves, God can do for us. Mark Twain one time said, there are two things. You're born, and then you have to decide why. <laughs> why are you here? One, to receive God's gift of forgiveness. To know that the blood was shed for us and then to realize it was shed not just for us, but for the whole world. The choice is ours. What do we do? I know that I went through school without many friends. In fact, as I remember the times when I wasn't good at sports and I get involved in But you know what? That's past. I know that God loves me. I know where I'm headed. I'm just no rush to get there. <laughs> you remember? A poem by Thomas. Don't go gently into that good night. Fight, fight against the dying of light. I find myself doing that. I, like you, am older than I've ever been before. <laughs> we have aged at the same rate, a day at a time. It's what we do with our lives that makes a difference. Do we receive and accept that gracious gift of God? Or do we feel sorry for ourselves? Keep feeling insignificant. Feeling somehow like if we were bigger, we'd be better, but we are what we are. And God has given us the ability to receive, to accept, and to be thankful. And then, mostly important, to be able to share. <coughs>